Turn your Bibles with me, if you would please, to Psalm 34 and verse 8. Psalm 34 and verse 8. I was going to have the choir stay up here and sing that song again. Um, God's Word Changes Lives. Brother Gilbert, you picked a song that goes with my message today. Uh, of course, we know God puts all that together, doesn't he? Amen. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, <clears throat> Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for again for this day. We thank you for uh, the singing that we've been able to enjoy together and how that you have blessed our hearts already. And now, Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that you would work in my heart as you have and continue to. And then, uh, of course, every heart that's here today, there are certainly many needs that are represented And I I believe all of us would say that we need to love your word more. That we could possibly be more consistent in our Bible reading. And in this verse that you've put on my heart, O taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray that you'd help me in the delivery of it. I seek to lift you up. And whatever needs are represented in our congregation today, they're Possibly maybe some here today that have never trusted in you. I pray, Lord, that you'd work in their heart. Help them to see their need of trusting you. And enjoying this wonderful life that we enjoy. Living for you and loving you. And so we ask and pray for your help. Uh, Blessed during this message. We ask for Christ's sake. Amen. I don't know if it's a good time to talk about appetites. If you had a light breakfast this morning, you're probably thinking of uh, sitting down to a good dinner here in a bit. And of course, uh, it's a good thing that we made these times a little bit earlier so you can beat the rush to whatever place you like to eat at. Of course, my favorite place to eat is is home. So anyway, I googled some things about eating and uh, about appetite, and and, uh, I googled how often should you eat, and uh, a bunch of stuff popped up like it normally does if you've ever googled anything, and how often should you eat red meat, Um, how often should you eat fish, how often should you eat fast food. How often should you eat if you want to lose weight? How often should you eat out? Well, I didn't look at any of those. I just wrote them down. (laughs) Pretty much wasn't interested in (laughs) what they had to say. But uh, then it went on and said, uh, nutrition experts tend to recommend eating three balanced meals 350 to 600 calories each. 
and uh, one to three snacks per day between 150 and 200 calories each. Well, that encouraged my heart because that's exactly what I do. I ate breakfast and I ate dinner and I ate supper in that order. And then in between breakfast and dinner, I ate a lunch. And in between dinner and supper, I ate a lunch. And before I go to bed, I ate a lunch. And so I ate three square meals a day and three, what are them other things? Lunches. Uh, this thing, I changed it. I, I forget what it said. Snacks, I think it said. But I changed it to lunch because I didn't want anybody to be confused about what meal we're eating when. You understand? <laughs> Experts say that uh, scheduling what and when you eat will help to maintain a balanced diet and create a more stable energy source. And so eating regularly, they say, is very important. They want that energy source to be regular. And then uh, they go on to say, as your metabolism will be engaged at optimal levels all day long. That's key. Optimal levels all day long. The goal is to eat every three to four hours to keep your uh, blood sugar consistent and for your stomach to optimally digest the food. A few weeks ago, I was walking across the pathway and, and I was going over to... Uh, check on my chickens. And uh, on the way across the pasture, I stopped to talk to the goats. And, and uh, whenever I'm gone and my children are uh, taking care of the few little animals that I have, I, I tell them it's most important that you talk to these animals. You just don't go over there and throw water in a trough and do whatever you do. You got to talk to them. It's important. They got to know that you love them and care for them. And so I always talk to my goats. And, and so I stopped, and uh, I just had a wonderful supper. And, and I'm walking over to the chicken house, and, and the goats always come to me there in the field. And sometimes I give them a little snack here and there. And so they come up to me. I pet them a little bit, and I'm talking to them and tell them about what a wonderful supper I just had. And I said, what do you guys have to eat? And it's pretty much a one-sided conversation. But I said, what did you guys have to eat? And they said, uh, grass. I said, what did you have to eat yesterday? They said, grass. I said, what are you going to eat tomorrow? They said, grass. I said, uh, what are you going to eat the rest of every day for the rest of your life? And uh, they just kind of looked at me and turned their head sideways and said, grass. That's what we're going to eat. And I'm just leaning up against a picnic table that I have out there for them to climb on. And, and when I was having this conversation, uh, this verse came into my mind. And the Lord kind of prompted me with the, this thought. There's something that I need to eat every day of my life. And this verse popped into my mind while I'm sitting there looking at these goats. Oh, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I'm looking at the goats and the grass and the Lord's kind of talking to me as I'm just standing there and I'm thinking about the necessity of God's word in my life and that phrase I shared earlier, optimal, optimal levels all day long. That's what nutritionists would want us to have in our life physically. And you know, that's what the Lord wants in our life spiritually. He wants us to rely upon the Word of God. He wants it to be a part of our life at optimal levels all day long. All day long. How about you, Michael Tangerman? Are you feeding every day on God's Word? Is the exercise of my life, is the exercise of our life, our spiritual life, is it at optimal, optimal levels all day long? Are we rejoicing in the Lord? Are we grateful for His Word? As I was walking across that pasture and, and this verse comes into my mind. Isn't God good? You know, just, I mean, through the day, you're doing whatever. And all of a sudden, a verse just pops into your mind. And, and you thank the Lord for it. And you rejoice that, that God is working in your life and, and He's feeding you things. And I don't know that I've ever memorized that verse. I read my Bible through every year. I read different portions of the Bible often. And so, even though I haven't memorized it, the Lord brought it to mind. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. How's our appetite today for the word of God? There are numerous verses in the Bible that illustrate our love for the Lord and, and different ways of tasting and, and, and experiencing um, these things and uh, you know my thought was where in the world would I be without the word of God where in the world would I be you know King David is written more than anybody else that I know of in the Bible in my experience about tasting and and illustrating God's word in a in a way that that uh, is is pleasant not only to the taste but also to our lives and wisdom and understanding. And I was thinking that uh, the, the sweet psalmist of Israel and his love for the word of God and the way that he illustrated it in so many ways, it's no wonder that he was called a man after God's own heart. And that's a good thing, isn't it? In Psalm 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, it says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Well, I want to be, and certainly I would think that you want to be, a man, a woman after God's own heart today. 
And if you are going to be that, if we are going to be that, we have to love this book. This is God's word to us. It's got to be in my life regularly, consistently. I've got to love it. Acts 13.22 says, And when he had removed him, he raised him up unto them David to be their king. To him also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Wow, what a statement. What a truth. Psalm 34 and verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Well, I looked up some other things and that have to do with taste. How's our taste buds for the word of God? You ever studied the tongue? You know, they say that babies have 10,000, whatever they are, flavor receptors or whatever. <laughs> and uh, their taste is much better when you're young than when you're old. But basically, the tongue has, they say, between 2,000 and 4,000 taste buds, and they're renewed every two weeks. That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> When you get older, they may change in likes and dislikes. That's why when you're a kid, you like broccoli or no. <laughs> That's why when you're a kid, you didn't like broccoli, and now maybe you do. But your taste buds change, they say. How many of you have a sweet tooth? You ever heard that term? Oh, a bunch of you. Well, good for you. <laughs> Some may have more than one. I do. I put a Laffy Taffy on this side and a Laffy Taffy on that side and just go to town. Sweet tooth. <laughs> well, David had a sweet tooth for the word of God. Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are thy words to my mouth. Yea, sweeter than honey. Or how sweet are thy words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I wish that my life mirrored David's in that way when it comes to a love for the word of God. Psalm 19.10 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. You know, I looked up another thing. This is a very intelligent message, is it not? And I looked up uh, the brain and what the brain is able to do. And, of course, the taste buds, you know, they, they record these things and they send it, send it to the brain and, and then you figure out whether you like stuff or don't like stuff, I guess. I don't know how all that works, but it works somehow. And so the brain categorizes and stores everything. And uh, says that 60% uh, of the human brain is made up of fat. 73% is made up of water. That doesn't leave a lot left. 
Your brain isn't fully formed until you're age 25, it said. Uh, that's why we're saved and live by faith and get saved in an early age. God works on our heart. Your brain storage capacity is considered virtually unlimited. And so those of us who say we can't memorize scripture anymore, you're wrong. You still can. You can still hide God's word in your heart. You can still memorize scripture. Brain information travels up to an impressive 268 miles per hour. That's why when that information is, is doing a curve up there, you feel dizzy. <laughs> the brain can process 11 million bits of information every second. And then I had this thought while I was going through that. I asked myself a question. If, if I had a computer printout of all that my brain processed on every, any given day, how much Bible would there be in it? Think, uh, think about your day so far today. Did you get up and read the Bible? Pray? Uh, did you consider the Lord? Did you Pray for the Lord to work in your heart. How many of us would like to see that computer print out? Of all that we thought about in the day. And how much Bible would there be in it? Well, physical food is essential to the body. We all know that. But so is spiritual food to the soul. We've got to have God's word to live for him. We've got to have his power in our life. We've got to understand and live by and love his word. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Desire there in the Bible means to yearn, to dote upon, to intensely crave possession of, to earnestly desire greatly, to greatly long after, to the point of lust. That's what that word desire means. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. I'll never forget the day that I got saved. I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Uh, I made, a, I made a, a, well, the Lord made a huge change in my life. <laughs> you talk about going one direction and completely going another direction. That's what God did in my heart and my life. And I'm a senior in high school, halfway through my senior year when I got saved. And the main book, I never did well in any book other than, <laughs> other than this new book now, the Bible. And I started carrying my Bible to school, and I started reading it in every study hall. I probably read it in class. I don't know. can't remember. 
I carried tracks and put them on every teacher's desk and the study hall desk, and I just couldn't get enough of the Word of God. When I got saved, there was a, a man by the name of Mark Cameron, and uh, he had just been to our church right before I got saved, and, and uh, he had a book that he wrote on Daniel and Revelation Made Plain. Those are the first two books that I started studying when I got saved. I don't recommend that to anybody. <laughs> but I love God's Word. I just, I couldn't get enough of it. Just couldn't get enough of it. What happened? Desire. You know, I was a few weeks ago standing there at the kitchen window, and uh, I was looking out over toward the chickens and the goats again. And, uh, you know, before the sun comes up, you can see in that pre-dawn type uh, time of, of the day. So I'm standing there, and I'm looking out the window, and that's when the goats start coming out to eat that grass. And, and so this mama goat comes out of the shed, and the next mama goat comes out of the shed, and the next one comes out of the shed, and then the two little guys... The two kids come out of the shed and they hit the trail going out to their favorite part of the little pasture that they've gotten. And uh, the older goats are just hitting that path and, you know, they're walking. But the little guys, they come out and they're jumping and skipping and jumping over each other and jumping on mama and, and getting a little ride and doing 360s. And, and they're just excited about life. They don't know how monotonous grass is. <laughs> They're just excited to be alive and to get out there. And that's when I thought of that verse. As newborn babes desire. You get up skipping. No, we don't always get up skipping. We don't always get up happy. But we need a genuine desire and love for God's word. Where does desire come from? You know, in my, when my wife had COVID, she lost her sense of taste. And uh, so it's no fun eating if you can't taste stuff, you know. I don't know, maybe some of you experience that as well. But it would be a terrible thing if we lost our taste for the Word of God be a terrible thing where does desire for God's word come from well it comes from being a new creature 2 Corinthians 5 17 there says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new from saying no to the world Desire for God's word comes from saying no to the world. Warren Wiersbe has an outline that I've often used in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Brother Johnson's going to read those verses for us. John 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Psalm 1 and uh, Warren Wiersbe's outline in verse 1 says that we need to be separated from the world. Could you read verse 1 again? Separated from the world. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2 says, saturated by the word. Can you read that verse please again? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And then verse 3, situated by the water. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Desire for God's word comes from being a new creature. Desire for God's word comes from saying no to the world. Separated from the world, Psalm 1-1. Saturated with his word, Psalm 1-2. Situated by the water, Psalm 1-3. In our text, um, Psalm 34, verses 13 and 14 say this. Keep thy tongue from evil. Keep thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. How does my desire for God's word grow? First of all, it starts by being a new creature. By accepting the Lord into our heart as Savior. And then we keep that desire going by saying no to the world and saying no to the flesh and saying no to the devil. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the more we delve into the world and the more we let the world come into our life, our desire for God's word will shrink. And anything is possible. When our love for God's word shrinks or goes away. There is no sin that the devil can't lead you into. The only way to fight the world, the only way to fight the flesh is with the spirit of God that's in you and the word of God working in you. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. A love for tasting and eating the word of God is the only way to overcome the flesh and its desires. If we have cravings for the world and the things of the world, we're leading a very malnourished life. We need God's word. It is the only way to victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Psalm 34, 8 again, O taste and see that the Lord is good. See. How is our vision for the word of God? 
How often do we see him? Are we regularly seeing God work in and through our lives? Psalm 19 and verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I want to have good vision, don't you? I want to be able to see clearly. There is much that we can see in this world. There is much that we also look forward to seeing. It was interesting, I looked up so many of these men in the Bible that God used to write his word and how they, how they enunciated and how they spoke of, of seeing the Lord, seeing his majesty and seeing his grace and how that they had experienced perhaps visions but certainly impressions from the word of God. Isaiah in verse six, chapter 6 and verse 1 says this, and the king, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. Anybody remember the next few verses? High and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4 says, How he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Can you imagine the experience, whether in a vision or actually transported up into heaven and the things that he saw and the things that he heard. And he says, I I can't explain it all. I can't share it all. It's, It's just too much. John said in Revelation verses 1 through 3, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show into his servants things that must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto the servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is the man that readeth and he that heareth the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Let's relish the fact that you and I can see. Can you say like Isaiah, I see the Lord high and lifted up? What have you seen? Have you seen God work in your life? Are we seeing God continue to work in our life? If he's not, it's not God's fault. It's my fault. Relish the fact that we can see. We can see through Isaiah's eyes. We can see through Paul's eyes. We can see through John's eyes. Let's not worry about what we can't see. Let's worry about what we can see. We can open this book and we can see Jesus on every page of this book. John 1 and verse 3 says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. 
that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I've not seen the Lord in the flesh. You remember Thomas and the conversation that he and the apostles had? I will not believe unless I see the holes in his hand. Put the finger through the holes in his hand and put my hand in the hole in his side. And The end of that conversation is be not Thomas because you haven't seen. Thankful are those that haven't seen and yet believe. I haven't seen the Lord. I haven't seen the nail prints. I haven't seen the hole in his side, but I believe it. I believe every word of it. I believe that Jesus died for me, and I believe that Jesus died for you so that you could experience this so great salvation and trust him and and live for him and love him. This book is true. This book is our lifeline for salvation, for sanctification, for service. We need this book. You and I need this book every day of our life. Psalm 34, verse 8 again, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Good. There's a verse, uh, Psalm, I mean Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God is good, is he not? God has been good to us. There is no nation on earth that has experienced the goodness of God that you and I experience. You need to thank God for his goodness in allowing you to live in this land. You need to thank God for the goodness, for his goodness, in that we are able to come into this room with a Bible in our hand and preach, thus saith the Lord, in freedom. There are very few that can say that. Very few. This is a wonderful land that God has given us. What what are we doing with all these blessings that God has given us? What are we doing with the Bible or many Bibles that you and I have in our home, in our truck, in our car? How much are we sharing God's word with this lost and dying world? It all boils down to, well, how much do I love his word? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. What's holding us back from trusting the Lord today? Are we afraid? Do we have fears? 
Is there anything that could keep us from trusting him today? Do we, do we have faith in him today? What's holding you back? What's holding me back from trusting the Lord? What's hindering you and your walk with the Lord? Is there anything today that's hindering you or I in our walk with the Lord? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's reciprocate God's goodness in our lives with a genuine trust in his word. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today and thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord, you've uh, impressed on my heart so many things in recent days concerning your word. And Lord, I certainly have in my heart that desire to love you more, to love your word, to share your word. Lord, there may be folk here today that have never trusted in you. Lord, I I, I pray that you'd help them to understand how much you love them, how much you care for them, that they would make the decision to trust you as Lord and Savior in their life and begin this wonderful walk and life of living for you and loving you and trusting you. Or there may be some of us here today that have things in our life that's kind of hindering our walk with you. and Certainly it's your desire to, to help them and to encourage them to get those things out of our life and help our walk with you to be sweet and right and good. Lord, I pray that however you've worked in the hearts of our folk today, and certainly in my heart, that you would help us to respond in like manner and uh, help us, Lord, to make good decisions for you. I ask and pray these things for Christ's sake and in his name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed and eyes closed? If God has worked in your heart, anything you'd like to pray for, maybe you'd like to pray for somebody else that you know needs the Lord, or maybe there's something in your life that you just want to ask God to help you with. The invitation is open for all of us.